this is Caleb Amick. I am not representing the press today. I'm just representing myself. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's important to point out, I guess you're not representing the Dickinson Press, even though you do write for them. But we do have a lot of journalists on. We have a lot of correspondents, a lot of different uh, news bloggers and et cetera. So I appreciate you coming on to kind of preview some stories and some things that are happening out in western North Dakota in the Bakken. And we're going to talk about the salt spill that happened out in western North Dakota. So thank you for joining us today. And my guess is you're probably a little bit of aware of that salt spill, huh? Uh, yeah, I went to it. Yeah, it came out of a session in uh, at DSU out of a class that I went to for work. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that. What, what was your experiences? What did you take away from it? Anything you're going to be, you know, uh, putting together for a story? Well, the story's already together, but I just want to know more. I want to see hear the other side of the story. Uh, the attorney, Fenton Dooley, said that he alleges in his report that the state has neglected uh, reclaiming land in certain areas of North Dakota, leading to leach, the leaching of salt water, which contaminates the land. And he alleges that this has been going on for 70 years. And this is uh, come into the the legislative session or the Dickinson D- Dickinson state. He's going around the state. I guess talk to me a little bit about how you came introduced to this. Uh, my editor sent me received a tip from Fit and Dooley. Fit and Dooley sent sent something in to us and to K KYX, I believe, and uh, the TV station and or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Just kind of was like, hey, we're doing a thing. At, we're going around the state talking about this, and we're stopping at DSU, so if you want to come. And so I went. What type of reception was there? Uh, Dickinson is primarily oil and gas. Um, you know, there's it's on 94, so you got a little diversity of industry. But uh, what kind of reception was was given, and uh, do you know who brought him in? Was it the Dickinson State who brought him in? Was it a private, you know, did Fitton Dooley pay for it himself? Do you know any of that information? I know him and, and the uh, president of DSU know each other, and I know that he was brought in for Toby Stroh's, Professor Toby Stroh's um, reclamation class. He knows Toby. Okay. So he's like a guest speaker for the class to talk about a reclamation-related issue. What was his issue with reclamation? That it's the salt water, or that the operators aren't uh, the salt water. Okay. The salt water. And but but isn't that part of the reclamation or no? Uh, the salt water is what contaminates and what uh, damages the ground. Is what is alleged to have damaged the ground. Who was there from the state? No one was there from the state yet. They they okay, they went to the capital of Bismarck, and they talked to before a couple commissions and stuff like that, and and then they just kind of were doing a tour, talking about it, trying to get people to start asking questions and things like that to kind of prod people. They want to kind of try to avoid litigation if possible, but they said if it continues and the state doesn't do anything, then they may pursue litigation. Are they representing anybody? Uh, well, Donnie Nelson is one of the people he's representing. He, uh, there's a few other people, few other farmers in North Dakota, from all over North Dakota. Particularly, he talked a lot about Botano County. Okay. 
and I have a picture. They, uh, Donnie Nelson handed me a report, this packet, when I got there. And I kid you not, on the back of that packet is an aerial picture of a stretch of land, a field that has just been, that just looks like it's been shaved almost, or just looks like it's been eaten away. Hmm. And a site of an abandoned oil of an oil well that wasn't properly plugged. And was that the one from 2014? I have no idea. I don't have the packet with me right now. Okay. Well, there 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 was a spill for 1.6 million gallons back six seven years ago, and um, I know that that gets that image gets used a lot, and because it's you know it's. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's it's you know, it's picture a thousand words type thing. So so nobody from the industrial commission was there. Uh did he did he mention any sort of uh interactions he's having with the industrial commission? I mean, is this is he just kind of uh circling the wagons or has he talked with anybody with the state? He is an attorney, so I my guess is he's probably doing his proper due diligence and has his ducks in a row. Certainly, yeah. I have. Uh, he's got several quotes from the oil and gas division. He's got, I think, in this packet. I found the packet. He has got a couple quotes from them. He's got a scientific study in here about salt contamination. He's got uh, some commission letters where they wrote to the industrial commission in 2013 to Jack, uh, which Jack Dalrymple, the former governor, was chair of. Uh, they have a letter here from the Industrial Commission of North Dakota dating December 31st, 2013, and uh, things like that. So he, and it's signed by Carlene Fine. So yeah, he's been talking to the uh, NDIC. Anybody, have you, did you, no, you guys did a story, right? Yep. Okay. Did you do the story or did someone else? I did. You did the story. Okay. Now, I'm not going to be, you know, I, I was a former editor and a publisher, so I, I apologize if, it, if I act like I'm, you know, nitpicking or anything like that. I'm just going to ask some questions here. Uh, did you call anybody from the state, uh, land management, uh, industrial commission, anything along those lines for the story? Yeah, I tried, I kept, but I kept getting answering machines. And did it, anybody, nobody responded back, I imagine. Yeah, we're having the same luck with our when we try to do our news sources uh, with the, with the state. We don't get anything back either. Or you know, what we found too anybody who's got a contract with the state, they don't want to talk either. Yeah, and some of the oil companies don't want to talk either. Like I was going to do a tour of McGreedian's new quote unquote greenfield just to take pictures and talk to them about what they're up to lately and things like that. And I've called numerous times and have only got I've gotten the same voicemail. Hello, no Lynn. Calls. Go ahead. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, sometimes it's hard for me to fault private companies. Private companies are, you know, they're, it's, 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 it's a kind of a, they don't have to, you know, but the government, there's actually people paid. There's actually tax dollars that go to specific people to talk to reporters and talk to the media and talk to the press. That's their full time job. They don't, right. they, they don't have any other job. That's their job. So when I hear from multiple news sources 
of multiple industries of multiple sides that the state of North Dakota is just ghosting and blowing off reporters everywhere except for a certain couple that they know will report whatever they say. It kind of pisses me off a little bit. What? How about Lynn Helms? Is he? Is his his people coming back? I mean, this has got to be on him a little bit too, right? Um, he knows Lynn Helms. He's talked about him. Uh, Fitton talked about him. He has written Mr. Helms. He has a letter at the beginning of this. It says, Dear Commissioner Mr. Helms. And he specifies all the ne- the needs and things like that. And he sent it to uh, Mr. Helms. So, yes, he does have Helms. Is, he does give Helms some of the responsibility for this. Do we know if there's any... Um, did this, so, Dooling, did this... Dickinson State pay for him to come? Did they comp his room? Did they charge him? Do, do we know anything like that? I mean, I have no idea. I okay. don't think so. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of getting into the details a little bit. But, you know, some of that stuff, you know, if it's long format uh, t- type of a timeline, that stuff can actually be kind of important, you know, devil's in the details, if you will. Because sometimes I know when I speak, they charge me. So, I mean, if if other people are getting access and things like that, that's – State, once again, picking winners and losers, who they decide can and who they can't. And if this guy's a buddy of the president of the Dickinson State, well, that's just flat-out grafting. There was a movie called uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which is all about the government using access as currency. And so I'm just, I'm a little bit sensitive to that. Uh, Okay, so... Bureau of Land Management hasn't commented back, and this guy's directly going at them, right? I believe so, but he specifically addresses a lot of the time he addresses the NDIC. North Dakota Industrial Commission. Because the whole his whole thesis is this, that North Dakota's laws, if, if enforced, would require oil companies to do a full reclamation of the land and to make sure that those holes are properly plugged and so on. Well, I guess and I didn't realize they weren't doing that. And he well, he's alleging that they're not they're not doing it properly. Okay. And that, that even after they do it, quote unquote, that they just do the topsoil or just do one layer and don't do the full job. There's still salt water leaching out. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I haven't heard of this, to be honest. Um I, I've seen this pop up and I I know the New York Times did a story. You know, back in 14 or 15, and it popped up in there, and it's come up from time to time. But uh, this is the first time I've heard of any sort of activist group or any sort of, you know, organized effort, if you will, for this type of uh, uh, issue, I guess it would be. Uh, Doug Goring, uh, D- Governor Burgum, and um, who's the other one? Who's the other guy that sits on the Industrial Commission? Wayne Stengem, Wayne Stengem. So we got the Attorney General, uh, North Dakota Industrial uh, Ag, Ag Commissioner, and then the Governor. That, that makes up the Industrial Commission. It's the three-headed monster. Did any of them respond back, or are they a part of this? Or uh, They weren't a part of the story yet. I, I was just reporting the event and just reporting what was in the yeah. packet and just reporting what I recorded at the event. Okay. Presentation. But I'm thinking of doing a little bit more of an investigative piece, just kind of asking for a little bit more information. That, that's got to be hard for you, huh, to be a reporter when you want to be a journalist or vice versa, you know, because 
You know, because people don't understand is that a reporter, that's a specific job. You're there just to report. You know, you're not there to do too much else. And, and you, you can only do the best you can in a certain amount of time and this and that. And my background is magazine journalism. So we had time and layers and, you know, we had to, you know, prove a point and keep people's interests and all this other stuff. So um, I bet that gets a little bit frustrating at times. It did for me anyways, on the, on the opposite side where I wanted to be in the reporter game to try to get involved with that because it happens all the time and you get to be part of the action Whereas, you know, when you start getting into that long format stuff, you just, it's not the same. So anyway, I don't know if I made any sense to you or not there, but. Yeah. So, okay, man. Uh, did Dooling, did you talk to him at all? Dooley, the, 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 he's the actual guy involved with the sort of uh, the, the, the public, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't call him and interview him, but I asked some questions at the events and things like that. And I have a recording of him, of his lecture and stuff like that. Did anybody show up? Yeah, it was a full class. People showed up as part of the class, and uh, the DSU president showed up for a little bit. And yeah, it was it was pretty full. It was a small room, so but it was pretty full. Oh, he was a speaker at the class. Yeah, he he was pretty much the teacher for the day. Oh, I thought it was like uh, you know you know the colleges will bring in a speaker and that sort of stuff or some cultural thing or you know campus politics or whatever it is so okay um was it was it well recepted was there anybody you know angry or given you know shooting dagger eyes or did he get you know people clap or anything like that or i mean he was he made pretty clear that he wasn't anti-oil he was just anti doing it irresponsibly and not plugging up what you not taking care of business that's what he was against Mm mm-hmm and so he made that pretty clear. He said there are companies that very much do it right. He very much praised Marathon Oil for doing a thorough job reclaiming land and making sure that farmers are taken care of and things like that. And so, I mean, I think that put a lot of people at ease. And a lot of the people are um, just grew up on farms and haven't really messed with oil, at least from what I could tell. So... So if I'm hearing you right, I guess one of the one of the issues is that they're alleging that the state is not enforcing the operators to do enough or have enough information supplied to satisfy a certain party. And secondly, um, this what's his name? Fit and Dooley? What's Fit, yeah. Fit and Dooley? Um is is alleging that there's there's like some secondary uh, spilling going on that that is leaching into the water. So is that right? Is kind of a two prong approach? Better recording by the state, and also there's currently a, a problem with leaching. Is that am I hearing this right? Yeah, um, and about the cleanup and stuff, he says, "quote There is little or no data recorded by the commission on the average cost of cleanup of those same spills due to lack of data on remediation costs." Those costs ought to be declared under oath by a qualified third party engaged to oversee each well closure. So he's alleging that there's little to no data even about the cost of cleaning up. We just know it's expensive. And he kind of alleged that that's being used as kind of an excuse to not do a thorough job. Was there anybody from oil and gas companies representing? Not there, no. It was just his talk his presentation okay 
Interesting. Wow. Well, more to come on that. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to stay on that a little bit. Um, okay. Keep keep focused. So, uh, any any uh, other stories you got to preview? Anything else that you might be working on or that you've recently done? Uh, I just recently did a story about a town, a small town of about two hundred and fifty, maybe, uh, possibly plugging into a water tower. Really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, Taylor. Taylor may be plugging into a water tower, but they're still in the proposal stage, and uh, it uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. They're just kind of seeing what all their options are. But, yeah, they were discussing that and some of the legal ramifications of that. Do they have a well now, I guess? Where do they get water from now? I forgot, but I know that they are planning on doing – they're planning on getting – if they do get – if they do decide to hook up to the water water tower, and that's a big if, then they'll run like a valve or something like that down into the city limits and use that. I see. So they've already got a municipal water system. It's just putting in a tower for backup or just whatever, just for additional water supply. And if they did decide to do it, once again, that's an if, um, they would be sharing it with like four or five other towns. Um, and the report from the engineers said they may have to expand it by 15% should Taylor decide to join. Is the Western Area Water Supply involved? Uh, it is Southwest Water Authority. Southwest Water Authority? Okay. Yeah. Are they going to then turn around and sell water to the oil companies? I have no idea. It wasn't about oil. That, that, that story particularly wasn't about oil. Okay. No, I know, but that's, that's actually what some cities have been doing is selling – uh, water to oil companies and competing with the private water companies. So that's just something keep in mind that's, uh, that it's happening out there, that these uh, cities are putting in municipal water systems because the numbers work so they can go get business from the oil companies. And then what happens is, is that the mom and pop shops that have water companies, they, they get put out of business because you can't compete with the government. Government will put you out of business all day long. Well, you're going to outspend the government? Good luck. So, yeah, keep, keep an eye on that stuff. Yeah, nobody talks about that. They don't talk about that at all. But the people losing their businesses do. Absolutely. In fact, down in Texas here where I'm at, we're doing the interview right now. You're in Dickinson. I'm down in Midland, Texas. Uh, people with water, water rights down here, actually, some of them stopped farming because they were getting more money selling their water rights to the oil companies, so the oil companies will come in, put a pump in, the farmer will just kind of, all of a sudden he's in the water business now. Instead of going through all the risk of planting crops and overseeing them and keeping beetles and, and, and flies away and all that other stuff and going through the whole thing, Dude, there's nine to five water business now, hire a couple employees and be done. So keep, yeah, keep an eye on that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, Water rights in North Dakota, that's really interesting to me. Yeah, and in, in fact, they might not care out there. So maybe it's, maybe it's no story. It was a few years ago. There was a lot of people that were really upset about uh, Southwest Water and the Western Area Water Supply coming in and just monopolizing it. And because it's a, it's a government entity at the end of the day, but it's appointed and there's really no real oversight over them, so they can kind of do whatever they want. There's kind of an appointed board and appointed executives and et cetera. So it's one of those gray, shadowy, you never hear about them, but they have so much power. 
companies. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, yeah, anyways, but I better shut up. Otherwise I might get a horse head in my bed. So, okay. Um, good stuff, man. So how can people uh, get in touch with you and uh, are you social media? Do you do that with your stuff? Uh, not yet, but I'm, I'm thinking of doing that just so that way people can reach out to me or what, or anything like that. But if they have any tips or story idea or story ideas within the Southwest North Dakota area, within say Stark County is probably my limit Stark or maybe even Hedinger County. They can reach me at my email, which is, uh, all lowercase C A M I C K at the Dickinson press.com. They can reach me there. 